just feel it. I, I could just feel it was going to be a bad one. I could just, I was trying to arrange my hands and I was like, all right, I need to focus because I feel like lots of times I just do it and then it's a shitty clap. And I just felt that it was going to be bad no matter what I did and I was right. <laughs> yeah, I, those are the, maybe the weakest moments in human experience is when you go for a high five or a clap yeah. and come up short. And for those just, listening uh, who realize now, what's what what's what are they talking? We clap to start our podcast to line up our audio, and now you know that. But you know when you go for a good clap or a good high five, and it feels like your bones are hitting each other instead of the skin <laughs> on your hands. Somehow, like your bones came out yeah. and just like ran into each other. It's like it's like instead of like it's like when you're in a dream and you're trying to punch someone and you can't yeah except in real life i feel like it's actually it's more like your bones left but then just like sort of the peripheral meat of your hands connected and that's it you know what i mean because the bones yeah. would be like the satisfaction of the core of your yeah yeah hands making opposite contact of that um anyway with that gruesome intro <laughs> I want yeah, something uh, something I, uh, as simple as a clap can really yeah. bring about some imagery. <laughs> I really I, I want to get into um uh something we've talked a few times about, but we haven't really dived deep. We've just been like, it's great. Uh, Survivor. I've been watching Survivor again. I watched a season. I think I said this on the podcast, but just to, uh, to recap, I watched a season, an early season, a good season one, too. seven, you, and it was a really yeah, good season. I, I really liked widely it. Widely considered uh, one of the better seasons. Yeah, and afterwards, I was like, all right, I don't want to get sucked into this 40-season addiction. I'm going to like leave it there. Maybe I'll revisit it at some point. And I've actually tried a couple other pilots and not really liked what I've seen. I've been having a hard time finding a season to get into. But you turned me on to a, a season that you said was your favorite. It was my first. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy to hear that. Because you are, if I'm not mistaken, based on my uh, recommendation watching season 28. Yes. Kagayan. Yes. Right? Indeed. Indeed. And for those listening who don't know, uh, Survivor goes through phases as a show. <laughs> I've watched probably like 12 seasons at this point now or 10 yeah. throughout. So I've watched, I watched a bit of season one. I watched a bit of your season seven and I'm going to finish that because it's great. It is good. Um, and I've watched in the teens, in the 20s, 30s, and right now I'm watching the latest season, season 40, which I'll, hmm. I'll bring up in a okay. second. I'm going to okay. let you talk more first. Sure. But I just wanted to say to the audience it goes through phases so you kind of have to watch like different seasons to know like oh this is what the show is now in sure. kagiyan season 28 is the perfect season to watch to be like what is modern survivor sure start okay. with season right. 28 and like anything after that you'd be like they're always uh, new twists like every season like we're adding the idea that you know you can't wear underwear or something stupid you know they always have a stupid <laughs> yeah. twist yeah but in general Kagiyan is like the the new breath of life that survivor needed i have sure. heard that the yeah. season in between season 20 and 28 is like garbage interesting so, yeah uh, so i guess this is like the breath of fresh air it needed anyway what do you think interesting what are your well, thoughts it, here's my thoughts because i'm really not a reality tv guy i honestly me too uh fucking hate reality tv like me too generally i really really don't like it i find it so fake and disingenuous and like 
gets people obsessed with like petty drama and like makes them want to emulate it in their lives. Like I really and, like don't as a like filmmaker, reality TV. Even as an amateur filmmaker, it's so obvious how fake it is. Oh my god, which is it so is. hard. But which is why Survivor, Survivor is so compelling because it is you're you're seeing what you get. You know what I mean? Like there's it's really real. and I, I've been watching real. a lot of interviews, like post show interviews, and people are like, "We don't have toilet paper." I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like <laughs> right. I am off my contract now. I can talk shit about Survivor if I want to. I can tell you guys the truth, and I am serious. We poop in the ocean. I've heard that. That's how they go shit, Calvin. They oh swim out into the ocean and they shit like is a fish. That, is, that why, is that why there's so many uh, yep. when they go off? <laughs> I mean, And they're just like sitting there. And it I'm looks like they're just like, sitting there with their head a lot above of, the water floating. There's a lot of times that like people confer with each other out in the water and they're just kind of swimming together. And I just you think it'd be know, really man. funny if they were just all going to shit together. <laughs> there is a, a famous Survivor clip that I, I saw looking up, how do they shit on Survivor, of yeah. a guy getting called out because he was too close to shore they're like are you are you shitting that close to shore and he's like hey man i don't want to get i don't want to get washed out (laughs) but But, yeah that's how they do it is like all of that's real and that's that that's fucking dope like it really is like a survival challenge like the title suggests but also like they're very upfront that like this is also a social game like you in order to try and like make it through this, you're going to have to play the social game. And it's not like tried to li- like Project Runway. It's like we're making dresses, but it's about the drama. You know what I mean? It's about the people mm-hmm. and and producers are clearly like going in and yep. like messing with people or like in the interviews trying to like interview and be like, so like, did you like I heard this person did this thing and like trying to start shit. Like, you but know, it's they're like, leading questions in those uh, talking head interviews. You right. know it. Survivor feels like they just go what happened tell me what happened exactly in your own words. and also like there's been one or two moments where something happens and it's a big dramatic thing and i'm like oh did the producers do something like somebody dumps rice or fish or fucks with the food like they get back to yeah. camp and something's fucked with and you're always yeah. like okay some like maybe the producer stepped in and then every single time that's happened they've cut away to someone just like yeah i fucking did it <laughs> yeah i know i know i know what moment you're talking about right now and wasn't that just like a holy yeah. shit moment like <laughs> yeah man. how do you just do that and own yep. it dude and I love Jeff Probst because he will, like, he's the best at asking a question that you, like, there's tribal councils, which for those of you who haven't watched the show is like the, they all get together at the at the end of the night and talk out their, their shit. It's and where they get, you've they been vote. voted off the island comes from and it's the other players who vote. Like, there's no way for the producers to fuck with that and, like, decide yep. who stay. It's like the players and are those deciding. those are the... And those are like the only moments where Jeff Probst gets to have a personality. Usually, right. this is Jeff Probst the entire show. Come on in, guys. Once again, immunity is back up for grabs. <laughs> right. Do you want to know what you're playing yeah. for? In this challenge, you're going to be, and the winner is right. Molokal Tribe. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And then yeah. Tribal Council. So mm-hmm. in Tribal Council, he gets to have like, you know, a personality. And you think like, okay, how did he know to ask that question? Was he like behind the scenes and 
This is like a question right. they knew he was going to ask. And then and then when they answer the question, sometimes you're like, wow, that is too good of an answer. Hmm. But then sometimes you're like, that was a dumb answer. Like that person <laughs> didn't even answer yeah. Jeff Probst. And then Jeff yeah. brilliantly rewords their answer. So it sounds like you're saying right. you don't trust your own yeah, mini totally. tribe within your tribe. And then it becomes a moment. I've watched interviews with Jeff Probst. The yeah. dude is just that good. He's talked about and been open about it. And he's uh, like, uh, I watched an interview with a past player being like, yeah, I had no idea that your questions were just out of the blue. And Jeff was like, really? And the guy was like, yeah, like you knew you were like, hey, I just noticed you rolled your eyes. And I didn't even realize I had rolled my eyes. And Jeff is like, that's the thing about Survivor. Nobody realizes how much they give away and how much they do. And I've been on this show for 20 years. So at this point... I can see it in a second and be like, right. hey, you're rolling your eyes. Why don't you tell me about that? Yeah. It's not for and it's some so show. Easy. They... I'm genuinely trying to get the story. I want to know yeah. why is she rolling her eyes. I want to know just like the audience wants to know. And they just know. dump it. They just dump it. You know, almost always it's like you're rolling your eyes and it's like, well, I think that's a load of shit. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. I, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, to end, if you're yeah. okay with. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Little, one little second more. Yeah. To end this little survivor discussion, I have just started. I think I've watched enough of the show. Some would say, fuck you, you need to watch it all. But <laughs> I think I've watched yeah. enough iconic survivor mm. to start the newest season, season 40, Winners at War. The season oh. is 20 winners oh. of Survivor competing against each other. Wow. There's. New twists, which I won't tell you about, okay. that make it even more high stakes, and the prize is $2 million. Oh, double the amount. <laughs> it's genuinely <laughs> so fucking fun because yeah. every single person is a fucker because they're all <laughs> they're winners. All you can't all, win yeah. this game without either being a total fucker or maybe there's like a 1% chance if you're a good guy building trust, building relationships. And, you know, like, I don't know if you've seen that happen yet. I've seen it happen like once. Almost always the winner of the show has to like fuck people over a little little bit. bit. And has to know. They got to play the game. (laughs) They got to play the game. So a show entirely contrived of winners. Yeah. It's insane, dude. It's just insane. That's all I'll say. I won't even say who's in it. Speaking of a show entirely uh, composed of winners, (laughs) let's talk about a show whose episodes are entirely composed of winners. (laughs) You're listening to A New Lens. Uh, I'm Calvin. This is a show that uh, Gary here and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. We've been talking about Avatar The Last Airbender episode by episode. We're on season three, episode 11, The Day of Black Sun, part two, The Eclipse. We all know that you've been at the edge of your seat all week just wanting us to talk about this because there's no way your butt's gotta you hurt. waited a week to finish. <laughs> your butt's you gotta watched hurt both episodes back to back. You probably did. Yeah. You You're probably, probably did. hungry yeah, and thirsty. Honestly. You should drink some water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take care of yourself. Come on. Uh, so... I just want to eclipse so or <laughs> eclipse. I just want to recap so we can get into this episode as quickly oh, as yeah. possible because holy shit, so fucking much to talk about. Uh, so where we left off, uh, Ang had discovered 
the town's empty. They don't know what to do. Uh, and the uh, they, their troops, their sort of invasion crew was just getting up towards the, the palace city. Um, so the battle continues. Aang flies back, tells them what's going on, but they determine that he probably, the Fire Lord probably has not gone far and he probably has some sort of underground bunker or something and they have the perfect person to help them uh, figure out what's up with that. So uh, Aang, Toph, uh, Sokka go to try and find this place. They do, they go through these tunnels and there's an even more detailed trap waiting for them. Uh, Azula is in the the chamber where the fire lord should be and uh continues to hold their attention they they eventually realize all this chasing her around is her intention to distract them from actually finding the fire lord during this eclipse but the fire lord is uh somewhere else and he is in a different chamber where zuko bursts in and has this climactic like fucking soul fulfilling like series long cumulative speech scene face off with his father that we've been waiting for so long for um and he is able to uh escape alive we'll get into all of that the gang gets out realizing that they have uh been found out this was not their day and they get out and they see these uh blimps rising up and uh realize they are not going to all be able to escape and we have this very difficult ending uh this decision uh to split up and go different ways and uh i think uh, it's time we start talking about all of that yeah oh my gosh yes because while that was an excellent recap oh thank you sir. it would be impossible to recap all the little spices and flavors oh that God. go yeah. along with this episode Whew. it's but that's filled the to course. the brim without being overwhelming that was a thing uh going into day of black sun part one and two i was like last time i watched this i loved it mm-hmm. now i could be overwhelmed by it like i sure. know everything like is this storytelling done well enough to where it's not like a oh the first time it works great but then the second time it's a bit much right it's yeah, not no it's, it's awesome not. it's, it's great. perfect <laughs> so uh i'm going to i'm going to let you uh take it away with that first shot. shot we've got the moon coming over to eclipse the sun um, i almost didn't even realize what it was that like it took me a half a second to go. That's the like. Is that a thumb? That is well, like I knew it was like the sun, you <laughs> yeah, know, and yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah. But like the point of showing us that, like, right. we're close, you know, we like the so eclipse close. is here. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. And it really makes you go from I'm starting an episode of Avatar to Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, we're in the middle of this. You right. know, if you did wait a week between episodes perfect way to bring that tension right back up to 10 yeah you know oh my god just it's in one shot here um do you think i have time to tell a quick personal story <laughs> uh, yes yeah uh, fuck it uh you want to hear this it right is our guys? podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh stop stop all right i'll tell it i'll tell it um i have a weird personal connection slash like i don't know association with a solar eclipse because if really? you'll remember in 2017, uh, there was a solar eclipse, which doesn't happen that often. You know, it was like, I 
feel like maybe the second in our lifetimes. I don't I don't know exactly, but they're rare. Yeah, I think there might have been one when we were in like second grade right? or something, right? Um well, I had a doctor's appointment uh that day. Didn't know when the solar eclipse or anything was. Um and cuz I had like sort of what I thought were bug bites on my back. And for the period of the eclipse, like literally I was walking into the doctor's office as the moon was starting to cover the sun. And while I was in there, this like, you know, universal like culmination and planets aligning with the and moon and sun aligning, like I found out that I had shingles from being too stressed out. Like literally I had been living in such a way that was so stressful. My body physically reacted. And so an eclipse to me like resonates with me as like, that was like a universe, like whatever you believe about spirituality. And like, I have no idea. I'm a total agnostic, but like, I believe there's some stuff. And that was like an aligning moment in my life where it was like, I need to change some of my ways. So like, wow, just for some reason, seeing that and like seeing the eclipse was not like, it brought me back. You know, it's just like, it strikes in a different way to me now, you know? Yeah. That's, Wow. Yeah. No, I, that reminds me of like, uh, I, now we're, now we're having our little divergent talk and that's (laughs) fine because it'll take me two minutes. Yeah. That just reminds me so much of the movie uh, Patterson, which I made you watch once. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, throughout the movie, he, it's a, it's a very, very lovely basic movie about a gentleman named Patterson and he's named after the named after the town he lives in mm-hmm. of Patterson, and he's a bus driver. So he hears overhears conversations, and, and it made poetry. you go, "I need to move to Gary, Indiana." <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, that's no. But throughout the movie, he like sees a lot of twins, hmm. and it's not a thing that by the end of the movie you're like, "Oh, he's got a." It's it means this. Right. It honestly to me was like a hey. People sometimes experience these things. You know, I see uh, like the same time a lot when I look at a clock and mm. it always feels like a very yeah. <laughs> thing. So whenever I see that time in a movie, it feels striking. And yeah, that kind of reminds me of that. I know it's like a kind of a divergent, but uh, fans of the podcast can actually uh, can take a look at our logo uh, for the uh, the time that constantly appears. Anyway, just a little Easter egg. Go on. Oh yeah. Uh I almost forgot we did that. Yeah. Um but yeah, that like reminds me of that like how sometimes a thing can strike you in such a specific way and that is like I think my favorite thing about filmmaking. Yeah. Like the way I'm sure that this could have been made in a way where you wouldn't even give a fuck about the eclipse and it wouldn't make <laughs> right. you remember it. But because it's done in the way that it's done because mm-hmm. it's portrayed dramatically and it's well drawn yeah it strikes you and i i find that that's something avatar does super well that's my way of returning the circle back to the main point is that avatar is so good at like knowing what hits you in in a personal way rather than just like this will sell well people will think this is cool they're not afraid to be like this is like an epic moment right you know uh, and we're dropped right in back into an epic moment. Like we see the wide shot, like first shot is this eclipse. 
Then we've got a wide shot of the stuff, and I was like, oh, okay, sort of like the aftermath of the battle. And then there's like, oh, no, the battle's still going on. <laughs> like, full blast. Like, they are, they've got this sort of blockade going uh, so with these cool, tanks. You know, that Sokka had, had like, initiated in the last uh yeah the end of the last like episode it's still holding leading. up yeah yeah he's it it shows us that he's successful in his endeavors as like you know because it could have easily been like a moment right and then that was that but just as simple as showing that this blockade is in that same uh design he he told them to and totally. it's working it's a payoff this whole thing there's so many payoffs we talked about that last time yeah absolutely uh, Hakoda comes with Katara. Katara was able to heal him enough that he can uh, walk. So the battle's been going on for a little bit, you know, at least several minutes as the eclipse is approaching. Um, and Hakoda says, you know, I think I can walk. I don't, I don't know that how useful I'll be, but I think I can, you know, trail behind. And then Katara's like, Hey, what is that? Oh my God, is that, is that Ang? Ang is flying back because. The town was empty. What are we supposed to do? He lands. He's clearly like angry and frustrated, but in a way that is much more like determined and what are we going to do than like when Appa went missing. You know what I mean? Yep. He has not lost Absolutely. control. There's here. growth. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And he just said he wasn't home. No one was home. They uh, fled the town. And just, oh, this moment of Sokka, just they knew. Jack DeSena, baby. Jack DeSena. Oh, he's so... This is a Sokka, really great episode uh, for for Jack. Like, yeah. he... I'll, I'm him. Uh, we'll get to it. Dante Basco. Yeah. And uh, even in this moment, um, who plays Aang? Uh, Jack Tyler Eisen. They're both Jack. That's why I was like, is it Jack? Or Wait, is it? So, Zach. It's Zach. 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 Okay, Tyler, so right. Zach and Jack and Dante, everyone just has subtle moments throughout this episode that wouldn't, this episode wouldn't be close. It would be great, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be close to as effective without them like that. Yep. They knew. It feels more than just like a, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Everything oh. is fucked. <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, but I love Sokka's ability to like keep his head in the game and be like, all right, let's think about this. And he's like, you know, my instincts are telling me that they wouldn't go very far, which is smart. The return like, why would of they? Sokka's instincts. Yeah, and baby. this time, it's not it's played not at all joke. as a joke. It's very good. And it shows us it's like his instincts. That mm -hmm. is like... It's a Sokka thing. It's a thing. But since they're in a war, they don't make it a thing. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like, it's so cool how that has evolved into, no, like, I actually have a really good idea right now. I think that this is what's going on. I've got my sword. I've mm -hmm. got my armor on. I don't know. There's something about Sokka in this episode. He has evolved. You oh, know? Yeah. It's so cool to watch. They all have. Like, they're not, yeah. like the culmination of what they will be like this is not final form but it's like you can see just in little ways so much growth in these characters mm -hmm. and it's very satisfying um except i mean like not that this character doesn't have growth but it's mostly just gets more and more badass toff <laughs> is just like yeah hey uh i can figure that out <laughs> yeah you it's toff yet again has proven to be 
the essential most yeah like yeah to the group in ways that oh my god you can't even like fathom yeah. like when you think about a lot of moments without Toph, they would have still tried to figure it out but what the fuck would they have done you know yeah. it's destiny and it feels like destiny too it doesn't yes. feel like Oh, well, of course they wrote a moment so Toph could do that thing. Right. No, it, no. it, it just <laughs> feels like this needed to be the way it was and this mm-hmm. group needs to be who they are, you know? Yep. I love the little detail of uh, just <laughs> going back to our conversation with M, uh, our yeah. high school friend, about how they tell time and stuff. The mechanist made him a clock, like made him a yep. count, like a timer down to when the the eclipse is going to happen and Sokka references Which it and shows it just basically shows us that characters in this universe can go from wait how, what's that candle doing to right all right we got to get there by this time and we can believe it even yeah. if he didn't have that guy's clock the whole time he cares about time now it's a concept he's thinking about now you mm-hmm. know and clearly the mechanist is too it's so cool and the clock tells him they have 10 minutes to find the Fire Lord. Uh, so um, they're trying to decide whether or not they should do it. They have 10 minutes until the eclipse. And they're like, should we risk it? I mean, like, continue the battle even though no one's up there. We don't know what else is waiting for them. And I love Hakoda being like, everyone here knows what's at stake here. Everyone came prepared to put everything on the line in order to try and stop this and change the world you have to try yeah dude that moment it shows everybody's character and how they're all so good and have valid points like we get Sokka being like coming up with a plan we mm-hmm. get uh and ang being like we could do this and then katara being katara being like yeah. we could use this to help and like save and like preserve like that's such a katara way of thinking and it's not giving up it's still to fight another day you know what i mean yeah totally and then we get hakoda who is like he has seen war and he knows who these men and women here's he's fighting with are he knows like what they're willing to put on the line it's just such a cool moment that they they didn't just pass over like katara having a thought because they could have easily just been like let's do it right and it's a 20 minute episode like picking and choosing what to put in there i i can imagine is so hard i'm just glad that they gave katara that moment because absolutely it's it's important for us to know what they could do they could leave right now yeah and they probably would make it they've got 10 minutes before the eclipse even starts Mm -hmm. and the fire nation definitely thinks they're coming to attack just go and you'll make it, you know, right. but they can't, you know, it's worth the try. What if they find him and face off with the fire Lord and win and, and the, the war, war right is now over. Ooh, a hundred yeah. year war is on the line. So they go, uh, Katara stays with Hakoda. So it is, uh, like I said, in the recap, Ang, Toph, Sokka, and they fly up to the volcano, which they are now clarifying, like, this is a palace built on top of a volcano, which for anybody but firebenders would be the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Um, uh, but th- that's where the Which almost makes it the smartest thing, right. you know? And Toph, you know, crunches her hands into the dirt, and she's like, yep, there's a bunch of tunnels zigzagging around, and they're like, okay, does it, like, lead to anything? And she's like... 
she sort of does a, a harder strike in uh, with her hands. I think she does with her feet the first time and then like strikes the ground yep. with her hands. And she's it's like, there's dope. something big, dense and metal down in there. Sounds like a bomb shelter to me. Uh, it's Sokka. such a satisfying moment because we knew Sokka was right based on how he confidently was like, I bet he has this. We already were right. like, he to- he's totally right. Yeah. But the fact that they get an I told you so, it's yeah. just so nice because right. Sokka doesn't get those moments. He's usually right. And it's a joke that he's right. Yeah. Totally. Now he's right. And it might save the world. Right. Um, I like the little moment. Uh, of Aang saying to Momo and Appa, like, stay out here, stay safe. But also just picturing Momo and Appa just, like, sitting there at the hole <laughs> into these tunnels uh, for the next, like, 15 minutes is kind of funny. <laughs> um, We're like, they're probably chit-chatting. <laughs> uh, just looking badass in armor. Why didn't Momo get armor? Nah, he doesn't need it. He's too at He's... It would be less a- is, agile with armor. Yeah, you're right. We've yeah. seen him uh, with just a little bit of rocks around him, and he immediately falls. So right. he probably. <laughs> but we've also seen him uh, fly with Aang, so he can carry. I don't know. I think fuck it. Momo should have gotten armor. Yeah, we've seen him in like a badass like uh, that samurai dream gown. You know, like that yeah. gown thing. Uh, oh, kimono. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, the kimono. Yeah. It was so cool looking. Um, Maybe something like that. <clears throat> Well, Sokka brings up what we were saying before, which is like, uh, I know I've said it before, but I got to say, like, where would we be without you? And Toph's like, well, you'd probably perish in hot burning magma. <laughs> uh, yep. True. Yep. Accurate. <laughs> yes, they they would, because they, they would just would. jump into the volcano and probably not be very lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, which... They- Sorry, which brings me, made, reminded me of a great line uh, that comes up right after that, yeah. where they come up to an area of, like, volcano geysers, and uh, Sokka says, we need to be fast, and we need to be smart, and then he immediately almost gets taken out by yeah. just this geyser of lava, which Aang then uses air to turn into, like, a rock, yep. and Toph's like, how was that smart at all? And he's like, all right, scratch that. We need to be fast, smart, and lucky. And then we see them like narrowly avoiding Basically like death. Running and through, it, yeah. Yeah. And I always in my head during this moment I'm like, I see a path that they could just <laughs> Yeah. But they're still jumping over those holes. But I get it. They like need to they need to be fast. That's right. part of it. Fast, exactly. smart, and lucky. Like it's also I get yeah. the impression this is like, you know, not necessarily completely stable ground. So a a spout of lava isn't Could only going anywhere. to come out of like a hole in the ground. You know what I mean? Those holes came from somewhere. Right. From burning lava, bursting out. Bur- this whole boiling, sequence burning, of them bubbling getting down lava. into the tunnels, going through the lava shooting up, yep. and then hitting a river of lava. Oh. It all feels very like leading to the boss in a video game to me. Yeah. Like, okay, this is an area. How do we get past it? This is an area. What would you do? When they got there, I thought in my head, oh, what would I do if I were them? How did the firebenders do it? Because, like, firebenders can just bend the heat out of the lava, turning right, it back probably. to stone. Yeah. And then probably bend the heat back into it. Because we've seen Roku do that in right. like, flashbacks. In the volcano. So, yeah. you know, I can imagine that that's how they do it. And I'm just in my head like, okay, is Aang going to, like, do a big air gust to try to make, like, all the lava, you know freeze over like he just did earlier yeah. is Toph gonna build a bridge what are they gonna do 
And then they do something that you don't expect. I love it. You know? Yeah. They all climb aboard his glider, which that'd be, especially as like, I get that Toph, you know, as a blind person does not like flying, doesn't like, you know, not being able to, but especially hanging on to his glider, flying over over lava. (laughs) Yeah, that's got to be pretty nerve wracking. (laughs) um but also this whole sequence like like you were saying it feels like the the levels to a boss but they don't spend too much time on it like this whole sequence of them getting in like uh, landing on the volcano get noticing there's tunnels getting into the tunnels finding this thing uh going through fast uh quickly and carefully uh or and luckily and then this lava thing and flying through it's like a minute it's like a minute, maybe a minute and a half or something like that. Yeah, and my head feels like how it probably was to them, you know, a 45-minute video game level, right, you know? Right, but also, it if they had not gone through those things, it wouldn't have felt as much of a challenge in order to get to um, the, the doorway of this bunker which is this giant dome and then the door and i love toff sizing up the door you know like she knocks on it and listens to it abby was busy next to me doing something on her phone and i just like kept i was like abby abby stop whatever you're doing this is gonna be like one of the coolest moments of the episode and then we both watched and she's like yeah that was one of the coolest moments that was so cool Toph's just like yeah not a problem and then just just peels this door back she like she like cring, 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 yep. like peels Creates it and then uses divot. she kisses she like puts two fingers up with each hand and yep. kisses them so it's just like she's Fuck. pointing with like finger guns yep. and then like just easily with two fingers peels just, it away. just creates like a square walkway through this door and uh, then steps through and just boing, yep there's like a little ding noise and she like points like she, she like I I thought she like flicked her finger on the side of the sort of edge of the the metal coming out you know what i mean is that what yeah like she just uses her finger and like a like a you know easy it's like a motion of just like no problem and it's yeah it's awesome i'm so happy top metal bends oh yeah um so they they are now in the bunker we get a quick check back with the troops who are now on these switchbacks up the volcano itself to try and get to the city. And, you know, they, there's some outposts and stuff and they're shielding uh, from above like they're holding their shields and stuff and creating rock faces to protect their troops and stuff. But they're slowly making their way up. Uh, and then the eclipse is like basically here and you hear the fire nation troops say retreat back to our secondary guard positions uh and yeah that's just a little update with the troops and then (laughs) we're down in the tunnels of this bunker and there's this fire nation like official just whistling walking down (laughs) this hallway somehow (laughs) the tune he's whistling is the tune everyone has always been whistling for the entire history of man. Of whistling? I'm just walking down a hallway, yep. you know? <laughs> it's yep. like a... Yep. Like, what is that tone, you know? It's the I'm not doing anything whistle. <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever heard anyone whistle it other than in the context of eduke. <laughs> yep. Um, so prepare yourselves for 
a joke <laughs> because uh, <laughs> that's what happens here. I mean, I love <laughs> he's just like these two tunnels like basically merge into one. And right as he's crossing the merging point, they are running right next to him. And he's just like, uh, oh, oh, the avatar's right there. And they all turn on him and just like the shot of oh. them churning and going that like high angle like fisheye lens oh it feels like a superhero shot oh, like a super so like the avengers that. when they uh all like gather yeah. and they you know the shot when of Loki them gathering finally in the ground. yes yeah yep totally. that shot is what this reminds me of totally and it's effective he, he immediately is like fire lord's chamber is uh two lefts to the right up the stairs and down the hall you can't miss it just immediately just <laughs> spills the beans um, and then just as soon as they Aang, leave well i i love continue. ang oh yeah ang's just like thanks and then leaves yeah <laughs> uh and then as soon as they leave he just keeps whistling yep he dusts himself off looks around to see if anybody saw him just like totally spill the fucking beans and then just continues <laughs> um and they arrive at the door they were directed to and they're looking at the timer and they say, all right, we've got 30 seconds until the eclipse. Here we are. Are you ready to face the Fire Lord? And Aang says, I'm ready. And he bursts in the door to this huge chamber, this long chamber. And Azula's on the throne. Oh, ah! I just realized. Do you think she sent that guy? Oh, like one oh. extra level of like making sure that they go to the wrong place. Entirely like, possible. I wouldn't put it past Azula. She is that cunning. And we get a real taste. I think this is the first time we see what a threat Azula is. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like it's been built up. So there can't be a moment where we finally, you know, face off with Azula or see Azula and it's just a letdown or unrealistic because like we've seen her get overpowered by like seven of them and then be a fucker and hit Iro. you know we've seen her we've seen her be a badass but this is like we see her being like cunning conniving we've seen yeah. what all this has built up to and we've seen it was grand all her scale idea. planning you know like grand scale planning of getting in with the kiyoshi warrior disguise yep. and that sort of stuff but this is like directly antagonistic combative uh manipulation you know what happens here wow that was awesomely said that's a, that should be a book that she wrote uh and yeah uh it's it's pretty unbelievable how it all feels like oh this is a thing that she just figured out but it's been a thing that they've been hinting at for over a season you yeah, know what i mean totally. she's been figuring this out and figuring out what to do it's like all she says, payoff. she's known for months that the that the it's invasion is so going to cool. happen. Um, all right, and then we get a mirror uh, to that moment of Ang at the doors and saying, "I'm ready to face the Fire Lord," and we get Zuko at the doors where his father actually is saying, "I'm ready to face my father," and he opens it's... the door and. One there of those destiny moments. Yeah, it's man. so good. It's just so good. Oh, That could be so not good. And it is so good. It's so good. It's so... Oh. I think it's Dante Basco, man. Like, yeah. I'm ready to face you. Like, there's... Yep. I would never be able to uh, hit that level of 
perfection in oh. his voice with like portraying emotion it's so effective in this upcoming conversation too yeah i mean it's a sentence to yourself and making that active is like so difficult and he achieves it very very well it's like he's reassuring he's not reassuring himself because he's unsure he's reminding himself that i am ready for this this is what needs to happen you know it's yeah i'm getting chills right now chef's fucking kiss uh we got yes they do we (laughs) they love to make out if you ever meet a chef with a classic chef's hat Get some chapstick Look ready, out. baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we get a quick uh, check in with the troops outside as the eclipse is occurring. And why, why, why do they got to put on these eclipse glasses? Like they're all, all right. I like everybody put think, on their eclipse glasses. So I thought the exact same thing, and the thing that immediately popped into my mind is that kids watch this show. I know, like that's they, the only thing I can think is like. They're reinforcing it's, for kids, like, like don't when the look eclipse into happens, eclipse. you've got to wear glasses. And it's not even about so, that. It's just, like, enforcing the idea that, like, eclipse equals safety glasses. And I think that they do it in an effective way that doesn't pull me out because it's the me- mechanist being like, put yeah. on your eclipse glasses. Right. And then they're these cool-ass, like, and they glasses. they really dope, yeah. And it makes, it makes them have another edge on the firebenders, too. Like, I, if there is some kind of shitty light situation they've got an edge on them now on that too like they can see better yeah but they don't actually show that which i wish they would i wish they'd show all the firebenders be like ah i can't right. see you know <laughs> i'm having a weird surreal moment right now where i'm trying to figure out uh if earlier when i was describing my experience with the solar eclipse and i was like i feel like we've had like one other in our lives am i just thinking of seeing this as a kid i really don't know Dude, I can't remember if I've worn eclipse glasses or if this is my only exposure to the idea of eclipse glasses. When you know what I mean? Was the last solar eclipse? So what I'm reading here is that uh, solar eclipses happen at the same. Uh, location on the planet every 375 years so oh 10 billion percent what i'm thinking of when i say i feel like there was another one in our lifetimes it's uh, just avatar it was avatar eclipse. it was literally watching this episode as i was telling a story i thought was like slightly unrelated but you know marginally related uh Literally, what I'm thinking of is see, watching this as a kid. That's so wild. Me too. Because I, I, because you were also like second yeah, grade. I feel like yeah, it was like second grade. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and that's, that's when nuts. we were watching it too. Wow, that's how big of an impression this made. That's fucking wild, Holy shit. man. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if the information I just found was right, but it looked uh, from a reputable source. So maybe people are like, "Hey, yeah, there was you idiot." But I, I think, hey, for no. the people who don't know and don't have the uh, drive to look it up, we just got a great moment on a podcast for them. So <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> that uh, was a cool moment. So they um, all get these eclipse glasses on, and then we get to the heart of 
because they they did that at a commercial break. You know, we got that quick thing. It's a great uh, commercial break moment for Zuko to burst in and see his son or, uh, uh, you know, see his father. His father sees turns his son out. Yeah. Turns out Zuko was the father all along. Um, covered with <laughs> the uh, fire the lord is a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm ready to face you. Oh, okay. Sorry. This scene, though, man, fucking. Uh, whew. I'm here to tell the truth. Ah, uh, my son here to tell the truth in the middle of the eclipse. This should be interesting. And he sends his guards away. He's like, "All right, fine. You want you want a face off? You want like a, a I talk? Love that. Here we are." Um. Shout out to Mark Hamill for pulling off oh, yeah. every single line with absolute sinister beauty is the way I would describe it. Yeah. It's so good. The way he A begins perfect villain. The way Zuko begins this talk is saying, I want to set the record straight, basically. I want to tell the truth. It was Azula who uh took down the Avatar in the in Ba Sing Se. And to be honest. He's still alive. The Avatar survived. Fire Lord's not too happy about that. And he says, you get the hell out of here, basically, if they could swear. And he says, no, that's another thing. I'm not taking orders from you anymore. Which comes, I think, one of my favorite Zuko lines. Uh, The Fire Lord, basically. I don't remember. Maybe you have the Fire Lord's actual quote written down of being like, I'm going to go. He basically stands up and he's like, I'm going to come over there and kick your ass. Fuck you. And then Zuko pulls out his swords that have been connected to a side of him that is from, oh, that's, you know, it's the blue spirit that he usually uh, connects with these swords, but he doesn't have his mask now. Now he's using the swords because he, this is like Zuko, like taking uh, actual talent he has not like using it in a shady way he's using it to be able to say the truth and confront his father he pulls out these swords and he says think again and he points the sword at his dad and the way he says think again dante oh my god it's so god oh it's so good and i'm so happy that they brought these swords back without you know in that in this context like because yeah. it, it could have easily been a thing that he like let go of. Like this is not a thing I'll be using anymore. But he's good with swords, and there's an eclipse. Like yeah. he needs this, mm-hmm. and it's I don't know. It, for me, it just feels bigger than just a little and, moment. And the line afterwards too. Like think about the immense, like the just unfathomable amount of courage that this takes standing up to a your father. B, your abuser, like your physical and mental abuser, and the fucking Fire Lord. Like, all these things, like, this is incredible for him to be able to finally say these things and to be this confident enough to say, I am going to speak and you are going to listen. Wow. Like, and the confidence oof. is so good, like so impactful that it just works. Yeah, he just sits down. He sits the fuck down and listens. Uh, So at this point, we cut away. We get to Azula. And they're like, hey, Azula, you're powerless. 
And they're like, you better tell us the truth right now. And Toph's like, because I can tell uh, when you're lying. She's like, really? Well, I am a pretty good liar. And proves it right away and says, I am a 400 foot tall purple platypus bear with pink horns and silver wings. And Toph's like, okay, I got to admit, she's really good. Like, her heartbeat did not change at all. She's a cold hearted bitch. <laughs> yep. It's um, awesome. And then, so she encapsul- er, captures her, forms yeah, sure. a rock around her. And you're thinking in your head, that's exactly that's what I would do. Yep. Like, perfect. Like, there's nothing more she can do to get out of that. And then crack, 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 crack. Honestly, as a kid, when I watched this for the first time, I thought, is she an earthbender? <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. It freaks yeah. me out remembering that moment. Yeah. And and then you're like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. What is going on? Mm. And immediately she goes, I brought some souvenirs from Ba Sing Se. Yep. Dai Li Agents. Oh. And it's such a good payoff. Yeah, because it is. Why wouldn't she? Of course you she know? would. Of course. Like, these are, like, some of the most badass people we've seen on the show. Yeah. And Azula had full power over them. And they're earthbenders. So they are, like, necessary if she's going to be facing anyone during this eclipse, which she's known about for months. She just admitted that. Yep. She's been prepared. Like, this is, like, one of the most brilliant. This is, like, Joker in the Dark Knight level, like... How did you do that? Except <laughs> yeah, right. you instead of Joker Dark Knight, which I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad. Mm. I lo- I think that movie's amazing yep. and I love it. Yep. But like, it is one of those things where when you like look into it, you're like, wait, how did he like, do how that? Do you, yeah. We're in this. When you look into that, you see how she did it. Yeah. <laughs> She's been planning it the whole time. Yeah, man. It all makes sense. Yeah. It's fucking crazy, dude. Oh, now I'm just gonna man. get Dark Knight. Look, uh, hate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Okay, it's one of my favorite movies. I'm just saying. But I mean, come on. Like anyone who can't admit that there's some steps that the Joker makes in that movie, that's like, how the fuck did how? he pull that off? It's a comic um, book movie. Can be the answer to that, and I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, but this, fair. they didn't even try to do that. Right. They fully gave us a plan that succeeded and has been in the process for over a season yeah it's crazy oh these daily agents come out and they just form a massive earth wall between the gang and azula like ah and perfect time to cut away leave some suspense and uh (laughs) i love this cutaway (laughs) what (laughs) uh is this the moment where they cut to Oh, uh, yeah. Fire Nation yeah, yeah. troops <laughs> all being taken, like, uh, yeah, Hakoda and, like, a group of warriors come up Bato, to... Bato, because Hakoda's Or Bato, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. Thank you. I Bato is so badass yeah, he hasn't gotten a shout-out yet in this episode. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Bato, you fucking dick. Uh, Bato, <laughs> like, leads a group of troops, and they, like, face off against these Fire Nation troops, and the leader of the Fire Nation troops goes, we'll never surrender, and then does this, like, overly Martial exaggerated yeah. <laughs> with his arms, yep. and then, like, palms at them, <laughs> yep. and just a... Like little, it just like, like a it looks fart like noise. I literally thought it, it was a fart noise at first, and it looks just like a match that doesn't yeah. actually light. You know, just like a yeah. You know. And okay, uh, we surrender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh. good. All right, now we got to get back into uh, slightly lower, less volume talking mode about this incredible, incredible scene of. Zuko, and you know he has just been, ever since that day 
when he was welcomed to a war meeting and was by his father's side and it felt so wrong and he realized what he did wrong, what he needs to do, what he needs to say. He's been thinking about all of this, you know, this does not feel off the cuff. This feels like everything he has realized he needs to say, you know, it feels like an Iroh moment. It does. Oh, all I've ever wanted from you was your love. I wanted to make you proud. I thought I wanted to redeem my honor. But really, I've realized I was just trying to please you. And oh, it's so manipulative that that's how his father's... And that's what he encouraged. He wanted his son to like be desperate for his approval. And he tried to teach him lessons by chat. And Zuko lays this out. You challenged me at 13 years old to an Agni Kai. Is that the Kai. first time we realized to how little he was when that he happened? He's 13. He's a 13-year-old boy. Remember being 13, oh. you know? You still sometimes cry when you bump your knee wrong when you're 13. I still cry now when I bump my knee wrong. Fuck sometimes, that. yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Jesus. That shit hurts. <laughs> this is like, imagine like, <laughs> I can't even say it because it's like, is, I what are you going to compare uh, to it? Like, and yeah, it's uh, absolutely horrific. And when we cut to his father reacting, it's clear he's like, fuck you. Stop talking yeah, about this he, shit like it matters. Ozai says, you know what I mean? like, I was trying to teach you a lesson. And he believes he did teach him a lesson, like, in the correct way. And Zuko says, no, it was cruel and it was wrong. Oof. And Dante Pasco, you motherfucker, so good. And in at, response to oh. that, Ozai says, then I see you have learned nothing. And Zuko says, oh, quite the contrary. I have learned everything since then. That was not the way to teach a lesson to a 13-year-old boy. And I have grown past that because of Uncle, which he gets to in a moment. He, he doesn't quite say it yet. He says this uh, quote, This I've seen this floating around with screen caps with, you know, like subtitles. Because it's kind of what a lot of people are going through a bit right now with uh, thinking about our own uh, country and how we're raised to believe about it. He says, I thought the Fire Nation was the epitome of greatness. I thought the war was our effort to share our greatness with the world. But that is not how the world sees us. They hate us. They are afraid of us. We cause terror and pain across the world. Like, and he's experienced it firsthand and he kept, kept himself at arm's distance from it at first and for so long because he wanted to continue to believe that somehow there was some greatness being shared. But he has realized this war is pointless and we need to usher in an era of peace and kindness. And it's so interesting that those words, peace and kindness, are what makes Ozai say, ah... I see your uncle has gotten to you with such disdain. Can you fucking Isn't imagine just like, having such disdain for like the notions of peace, peace and, and kindness? kindness. <laughs> what the fuck? And it's like the idea too that I think, you know, the Fire Nation is trying to uh, peddle the idea that if this war finishes with them winning, it'll be, everyone will be at peace. But like, I think 
that the Fire Lord himself is fully against that idea. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like he would he's happy to have people believe that. But if he's in a room alone with Zuko and Zuko's like, we need peace and kindness, it genuinely pisses him off. Because you know? these are the these are antithesis. The antithesis to that is power. And that is, Which is all, all he, wants. he wants. In That's... every aspect of his life, he wanted power over his son. Like to the minuscule thing of like his, you know, forgetting his need for power in the war. Like. Why, I would even why did he say dominate that... his son like that? His 13-year-old boy, to show power and to show how you assert power so that he'll learn to live like him. Ugh! And I would even say uh, it, they show us an example of like his uh, father-in-law, or it's his father, Fire Lord Azulon, when mm. we you know saw that all yep. little back background stuff. It was clear that even he had a different philosophy of like, him being like you would uh try to take the throne from your oldest brother like right. that's horrible like there was even a even more so like yeah. is this guy bad <laughs> i don't know how to put it but like <laughs> even though fire lord azulon was still like letting the war happen and think like i yeah. i truly think that fire lord ozai not only is like that but also to his own people right. would be a fucker you know yeah right he is just deep deep down a fucker <laughs> like oh. that's yeah Whew. uh well we get a break from this incredibly written beautiful confrontation speech to get back to a badass fucking fight what an incredible episode we're able to talk about here um this daily fight like i couldn't write down all the shit that goes on in here i i don't i it's just so cool the way they so, use this long room and the yes. pillars of earth and the what do you got i i love um the there's like this kind of new obsession in in movies that have fight scenes where mm. the dude fighting let's just use john wick as an example sure. will use the things in the room right to get out of the situation in the coolest and best efficient way possible yeah and Avatar does not start like that because these kids didn't just start <laughs> knowing how to do that. Right. But it brilliantly evolves into that. Yeah. Like a moment earlier is like earlier in the season when Aang is like flying through the air and about to hit a pillar of rocks. Oh, I earthbend now. I'm going to punch through this pillar right. and land softly. And now we get even more of that kind of stuff. He's People learned being he can thrown around and like, oh, I can just like burst through this rock because i earth he does it like five times oh i scene. can it's so bad and it's just so satisfying every time yeah. it's it feels like if john wick could bend you know what yeah. i mean and just the way they do even those little moments the sound editing and the way like oh. they might even like skip a couple frames so that it feels even more like here is rock it's bursted open yeah um yeah Oh, it's so effective. And it that's the so kind of satisfying. stuff that, as an amateur filmmaker, mm. I don't think we talk about that enough. Like, the podcast is from the view of amateur filmmakers and adults. Yeah. And I, I mean, we do. But yeah. I'm one of my most, like, damn, how do people even think of that stuff is stuff like that. Like, oh, I'm going to take out two frames to make this feel more. Right. Boom. Yeah. That kind of shit is just, like, so smart to me and so inventive and... 
I would never think of that. Like, oh, I'm just going to take out two frames. Look how much more badass that looks now. Right. What? It's so... And you're right. That's probably what they do for a couple moments in this uh, in this fight. I suppose with animation, it's like maybe they would animate it out and then be like, let's take away a couple frames. But it's probably more about like the very like minute like this frame to this frame. Like that's but even still, more you know? impressive yeah. to me because like you can you can easily like move and then the 28 frames per second that happen when you videotape your movement will look right. Right. How do you animate that without one of the frames feeling a little bit slower than the other ones? Yeah, it's right. amazing, dude. It's just amazing to me. Oh. Um. Meanwhile, Azula not being able to bend pretty much showing why she's the threat of this show. Yeah. She is dodging everything. Yep. She is basically airbending. Yeah. She's fucking like She's running on walls, agile. jumping over people. Ugh. Whenever there's even a little bit of a thing in her way, she just knows that the Dai Li agents will get it out of her way and keeps yeah. going. Like a rock is about to smash into her. She doesn't even like put her arms up. It just explodes because th there are too yep. many Dai Li agents having her back, and she just knows that they would do anything for her. There's another quick moment, a quick badass thing I want to highlight. When Aang first breaks through this wall, like, they had to fight the Dai Li and, like, navigate through them. They're sliding around the walls and launching oh, pillars and shit. About. But he bursts through the wall, and he lands, and we get this wide shot, like, profile of Azula on the left of the frame, Aang landing, and this Dai Li agent comes for him. And is like try like launching, jumping uh, with a uh, fucking what's the word I'm looking for? The the course of his arc uh, going straight towards Ang, and Ang just poof, punches a pillar without looking and just launches the Daily Age in a way. Ooh, that high! So I don't know. Satisfying. I think I'll be chasing that high for the rest of my life. Goddamn, that was satisfying. Yes, that's like the John Wick moment I'm thinking of. Because you know, like John Wick punching a guy and then just shooting a yep. gun behind him and hitting a guy with a headshot. Yep. Just like, how do you even do that? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, but uh, he realizes she's oh oh, and then she is launched, uh, escaping past this wall that's been established right as. Sokka is uh, climbing through, That's and we get this. one of my favorite moments of the episode. Ooh, the we get his face. Oh, her just passing. And it's a little bit, like a little bit funny in a yeah. way that works. <laughs> yeah, it's like we see Zuko being on a. I mean, or not Sokka. Zuko, Sokka being Sokka. Like he's he's too late. You know, he's like he could maybe like reach up and grab her if he would have saw her coming. Yeah. But he didn't see her until she was right above him. And it's just like almost funny, you know? And I think that this show just balanced balances that so perfect. Hell yeah. Uh yeah. Uh but yeah, we we break out into this wall, they or or into the tunnels, like past the wall. They follow Azula into the tunnels and they're trying to chase her down. One of the Dai Li agents like bursts out of the wall right in front of Toph, and she just dodges it and then just metal bends him into this I beam. Love that shit so much. Um, yeah, his face and like arms crossing. It's yeah. like he, so clear that this dude is baffled because he's an earthbender. Yeah, I love Toph metal bending against earthbenders because they're just like, what? Yeah, like how did you? What? I just imagine them being <laughs> yeah. just what? so. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, Sokka has the realization that uh, this is probably what is what Azula wants. The eclipse is happening right now. We have only a couple minutes left. 
she is trying to occupy our attention and waste our time. We should go and try and find the Fire Lord. Um, and I forget exactly what Toph says to her, but she's like, uh, she insults her blindness in some way and says, or she says like, you're blind, but if you couldn't tell, I'm rolling my eyes. And the way Toph says, I'll roll your entire head. Woo. Like, whoa, it's one of those, she will. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish they could swear in the show. I mean, it's a kid's show. It's a kid's show. Of course, they're not going to, and it would not make sense, and it would be weird. But sometimes you just want them to be like, I'll fucking get you, you know, like something like that. Yeah. But this is one yeah. of those moments where it's like, she doesn't even need to. Like, they managed yep. to get like a, oh, <laughs> out of me, you know? Jeez, me too. Oh. And then we have the uh, the original Peter Quill in Infinity War yep. fucking the plan up because of yep. a love interest this yep. is the OG. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. This is the OG that. Yeah. Azula basically says, uh, uh, my favorite prisoner, some, yeah, some shit. That's what it and, is. And uh, immediately. He's to talk gets, about Yusaka. Yep. He knows. Immediately. It's about Suki. Tears start streaming down his face and his emotions get the best of him. And as he's running at her, she pulls a knife or like a, like a, uh, shuriken or like a ninja star sort of thing yeah yeah it looks uh, like a throwing throwing knife into her hand and which we've seen her yeah use before too right yep like yep this is some of her shit toff notices it just fires a rock off and it just hits her hand and attaches it to the to the wall fuck yeah toff what the hell would we do without you and this cutaway of just Sokka, where is suki oh dude oh it's especially <laughs> made great by the fact that he doesn't even flinch at the fact that yeah. she was just about to stab the shit out of him. No. Not she, a, he's not, not like, oh, shit, thank you, Tom. Yeah. He just keeps going <laughs> up like, and is like, yeah, she was about to kill me, Suki. but I'm like still right here. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get back to Zuko and, in his confrontation. Yeah. Um, Dude, him saying, so he says what he has to say, and then he turns to leave. Dante Basco's execution of one word mm. will forever live in my memory and it's just goodbye Ooh. the way he finishes what he has to say your uncle's gotten to you hasn't he he yes, has yes. that mm. and then when he says goodbye it feels like i've said what i need to say that's it goodbye oh and then the fire lord says i think this was actually before we cut away and then we cut back to the finishing of he this. He says or the is uncle this, thing. Am I right? There's another little moment of uh, and then him, this Zuko is... saying, "I am yes, my uncle did get to me. I'm about to go break him out of prison and beg yeah. for his forgiveness." Which oh, so satisfying to realize that uh, you know uh, where he's come with that. Um, yep. And this is the moment then where the Fire Lord says. Don't you want to know uh, what happened? Hold oh, on. Oh, is it not? Hold on. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Because before he goes to leave, he tells the Fire Lord, he tells Ozai, his father, I know what I have to do now, and I'm going to break my uncle out, and then I am going to join the Avatar to take you down. Woo! And that's when he turns and says, goodbye. That's But right. don't you want to find oh. out what happened to your mother? Uh, Sorry to keep interrupting everyone, you there, but each of these beats no. is so important. 
it is very important. And everyone that watched this episode was not expecting that. Nope. One, you know, not even. A it's full of these payoffs that, oh. like, I wouldn't. Have, I how did I forget about that one? You know yeah, what I mean? How did right. I forget that? I don't know. Like this I is a too. plot point. You know. And, and yeah. Zuko very clearly, this is like the it's one, the one thing. thing that would keep him there. Yep. Uh, Ozai says Azulon had commanded me to do the unthinkable to you, and I was going to. Basically, I was going to fucking oh. kill you, <laughs> and your mother protected you. She did some treasonous things, and for that, she was banished. So my mother might still be alive? Perhaps. Here. But you have also oh. been treasonous, and for your, uh, for for, uh, I'm not gonna be so merciful to you, is what he says, and this is right when the fucking eclipse ends. Yes, and we get one of in the most satisfying opinion, moments in the entire fucking show. In my opinion, everything from the fact that the Fire Lord, you can see in his eye that he realizes the split second he can bend when yep. it happens like it's like yeah and we know who okay we know who else is like a super powerful firebender yep. azula she knows that she could firebend because she hears someone else do it right. which i'm about to allude to yeah. but it's just that just shows you how powerful and how connected to fire the fire lord is yep. the moment he can bend he just does it like squints yep. he does his little eye of anger thing yeah. that little anime <laughs> yeah. zoom in on an eye totally. getting angry yeah. and then effortlessly in the most effortless way we've yep. seen on this show he just creates lightning he doesn't Bursts do the thing with lightning that no, he like doesn't charge it up you know like he doesn't have to charge it. it's just suddenly around it's surrounding fucking him. darth sidious just, lightning just erupting yes. from his fingertips yes yeah and he shoots it at Zuko, who is walking away. Yeah, he is. Like, Zuko yeah. has got his back to him. And Zuko turns just in time to yep. see this lightning coming. And we see him get hit with the lightning. And then we get a close-up of him yep. being hit with the lightning. His hair is, like, static. Floating. But it looks badass. Oh, yeah. He's got, like, his clothes flowing around him because yep. of the electricity. And you see his fingers go to his belly, and you realize, yep. and he shoots it back. Oh, and it explodes oh, oh, oh. at Fire Lord Ozai. And that it is like oh the most God. satisfying moment up until this point, maybe oh. in the show. This has been something that, because it's not just satisfying, because it's like, fuck you, like, you can't hit me with my back turned. That's like 1% of it. Yeah. He's using a technique that Iroh taught him to be able to defend himself against attacks like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it means so much. And the fact that he, you know, he could have killed him in that moment. And he yep. shoots an explosion at his feet. Yep. You know it. That, actually, that was purposeful. That reminds me because this ends this scene. The the smoke clears and Ozai looks up and Zuko's gone. So I want to go back to something I realized we didn't quite touch on, yeah, I which is also that good too, because this episode's just a hundred percent full of great stuff. But this is actually good to but end this scene on because it's important moving forward. Um, he's going to go help the Avatar, and Ozai points out like. 
why don't you just kill me right now? Why don't you face me off? The eclipse is still on. You could just kill me right now. And Zuko chooses not to. He says, that is, I know my destiny. And that is not my destiny. That is Aang's destiny. Oh, that is the Avatar's destiny. And But I know I am meant to go and help him. I will say, like, I, I looking up trivia, which there was not a whole lot of trivia on this episode, but uh, looking sort of in the comment sections, which sometimes I do, people were saying, like, why didn't he just kill him? Like, the whole thing would have been over right there. And a lot Come of people... A lot Is of, that a real... Yes, that, that's okay, a real sorry, take some ahead. people have. But a lot of people replied to it and were saying things. And, I mean, there's so many ways to... There's so many aspects why I think that person is wrong. But the main one is like, think about it this way. Zuko killing his father and taking over the role of the Fire Lord would be seen as a grab for power, which is exactly what he is fighting against in his own personal journey. Yeah. That's the biggest and main one for me. Just in general, like, it's, it's like... I'd say that this episode gives me some Star Wars vibes. Yeah. That would be like Darth Vader killing the Sith and becoming the becoming the good guy in the end. You know, not like sacrificing himself. Which I mean, it's different because he does, but it, I don't know. It would be like what I don't know. It wouldn't be a satisfying moment, and right. I'm not even entirely satisfied with Return of the Jedi. I, yeah, I've no. got all the hot takes on <laughs> the most popular blockbusters on this episode, but. I'm, it would just, I think it would ruin Zuko too yeah, as a, absolutely. as an emotional character, absolutely. like having to kill his own father to be like, no, no, yep. just no. That's all I've got to say. Um, and Azula is still around. I don't know. Like she would figure out a way to like then kill Zuko or right. something. I don't know. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't know. It's just, just it no. just wouldn't work. Um, <laughs> but this blast happens azula hears it in the hallway in the tunnels and says sound like bending back <laughs> sound like bending back on <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what she says and how she says it um uh, <laughs> and she starts bending her uh signature blue fire at them and uh she kicks a fire blast i love that yeah because you forget that you know she's got her hands up and you're like oh the fire bending's back on but what are you gonna do right oh yeah, she's a master. She's yeah. going to just feet firebend. <laughs> but uh, the gang just dips, and uh, they're talking about what should we do. Eclipse is over. The bending is back on. And Aang says, I could just face him anyway, and I think I should. Like, he does not want to have failed again. That's very clearly on his mind. And they talk him out of it. They're like, listen, I think it's Toph, actually, who says, listen, we thought we had the element of surprise. We didn't. I love this that it's was tough. not. Yeah, yeah, and it needs to be because Ang with anyone who's going to be any sort of like uh, fluid on this is probably just going to do it. But he needs this stone-headed toff to be like, "Listen, this was not our day. We need to go and help our friends now." And he listens, and they leave. Uh, they get outside of these tunnels. We see these. Uh, air balloon hot air balloons coming up and oh man oh, the the mechanist, mechanist being just oh, bombed yeah he's just you feel like, bad oh. and okay because he thought he we're he not, thought he destroyed the planes too this, remember and we're not giving this moment like enough of a come on yeah they hinted at this with the cliffhanger that's like, what i was just how many say. fucking yep. episodes ago come that's on. such that was season one and 
Was it season right? one? Northern Air Temple. Right before oh the, they my, get to the, right, dude. the North Pole. Holy yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, man. That and we this is the first time we're seeing like I think the so. balloons in action, yeah. right? Yeah. I I can't remember another like, time. Like, yeah, this is when Did they hint at it once? Did like it be and that's I, part of why someone... this moment hits so hard is like they have the element of air now too like they've had ships in the water and like tanks on and the land and now they've got another star wars limps moment. in the, the air the thing that made me go hmm. this episode reminds me of star wars yeah. we get that ship we get a hot air balloon and in the same shot suddenly what the fuck big ass thing is that behind the hot air balloon zoom out yep giant zeppelins Blimps. zeppelins yeah yep it's just Ooh. like they, War they took the plans for the balloon and were like, hey, we're an industrial, like, yep. the, our nation builds shit. Like, everything that they do is about being more technologically advanced than, like, having, like I feel like that's a big part of the Fire Nation. They have, like, steam engines and shit on yeah, their boats, right, you know? Totally. Of course they're going to take this plan that one guy and a group of people who... Let's be honest, the mechanist is probably the only smart person. Yeah. So he's probably just telling a bunch of construction workers what to do. Yeah. Well, the Fire Nation is a nation with like all the power in the fucking world. Right. They've got probably teams of people as smart as that guy. Yeah, right. It's just it's heartbreaking and it makes so much sense because of how much time has passed. Yeah. It doesn't feel like, you know, oh, they just built a Death Star in a month, which like that's a, Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's like amazing that they I don't know. And they also realized like really good writing. How much all of this was a trap. Like all of this. Lure them in so that they can't get to their ships so that they're far away from their ships and other troops. Everybody important, you know, in the Fire Nation's mind is safe and then send these blimps to go and just like bomb them basically. Aang says, I'm gonna go slow them down. He flies off in his glider. Katara gets on Appa and they fly out and try and slow these things down. And they only get two. They get two, but I do love that quick hang on his glider, and then he shrinks it and uses it to like poke through like a needle through it's the blimp. It's so cool. Um, and yeah, that's pretty good. Katara uses water to slice one, but they're both like, "Yo, this is way yeah. too many." Appa gets hit like yeah. th- with three or two or three fireballs, and without yep. that armor, he would have like, gotten hurt. They say, "Let's go good, back and good on you, Sokka. Go back and join the others." We get our final, or well, <laughs> we get a moment with we Zuko. Think, we feel like we're getting our yeah. final moment. That's what's so cool about this episode. It's yeah. like it never ends. Honestly, I'm so happy like, that it doesn't. Right around this point, like right when the the blimps and or the air balloons and the zeppelins are coming it was out, end I was with like, the yeah. air balloons coming over the. I was like, air, this is this has like, oh, to lost. this has to be twenty two minutes of content already. But there's you know we're not done here. Zuko uh, rushes to the prison in the side of the cliff face that we know to be where Iroh was. <laughs> I just forgot about it. It's that. all crumbled and crushed like it's fucking busted up and he runs okay. in he sees just guards lying as he's running through just countless <laughs> guards Drool, like coming out yeah. of their mouth like and he knock a couple of them completely knocked he out gets to the cell and the bars are just busted open they're just just crashed through and we get this guard zuko goes where is he 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 busted himself out i've never seen anything like it he he was like a one-man army. This oh. is the dick, too, right? Like, 
yeah the dick guard who yeah we've been yeah. like i just hope this guy gets what's coming to him yeah he did <laughs> and yep. we didn't we we know he did okay this is like okay minutes after the firebending got turned back on yep because he went straight from there yeah. to there so is this implying that Iroh used the eclipse to escape oh. and all of the that shit was like pure like manual strength like he fucking like wow poof, 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 like punched his way out of the bars and then oh, beat the shit out wow. of all the guards I mean because like why else would he escape on this day yeah. you know what I mean cuz like wow you know if because he's been also, training like, his strength so long that hard to be able to fight anyone right. physically if firebending's off he's good and firebenders rely so much on the raw power of their fire and he's one of the only people who has ever like taken power and studied all the other like ways you can you know you know gain like i could strength. see him just like charging at the bars and then just like doing like a cannonball move, like with his back to the bars, bursting out of them almost like an earthbender, and then just fighting everyone. I almost don't I almost know what's more badass. <laughs> because right? also him it could using be that, his fire. Or against firebenders and still just being able to kick ass, you know? So maybe he waited until just before the eclipse, used the lightning to explode yeah. the, the gate open. And then the guard on the outside of the gate was like, stop! And then, like, went to Firebend and went... <laughs> yeah. And he was like, oh, shit, I'm facing buff Iroh yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, all three of those options are extremely badass. Uh, I want to point out that in the episode uh, way back when, in the end of season two, Lake Guy, Tim Ross we had on... Uh, and he said something that I cut out just because it was spoilers and we try and keep the show spoiler free for people that he referenced yep. this moment and he said, you know, we were talking about how much you just trust that Iroh can just do anything and how satisfying he, th he's how satisfying it, get it is to get to this. Um, and he, uh, I mean, I also want to point out, like I've talked with him separately and he is angry that the fact that Mako, uh, died was probably one of the reasons we did not actually get to see what happened here which i don't necessarily agree with like i do agree I with the fact speculative. that iroh's role in this season was minimized because they did not have mako and they wanted to honor him a bit i i think yes. that is apparent i agree but i think there's something way more not to put Tim on blast. Sorry, Tim. I'm. That's not what I'm no. trying to do at all. I think he has a valid point. But also, I think there's something even more yeah. badass about, like, we don't even see it. We just see the aftermath, you know? Yeah. And this is, like, what I, I really like this moment. So, of course, I'm going to think of, like, what, what can I use to justify that? Mm. As I think about Iroh fighting in moments past, he doesn't, like, talk, you know? Right. Yeah. So, like... I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know what you mean. I, yeah. What's funny, too, is we've had multiple hot takes against Tim, and <laughs> we are such good friends with him, and he's such a good Tim's fan such of a the good show dude. that yeah. it's just, it's it happens to be like that. I love that you know guy. I, mean? I will like, also say, and I feel like this is something I feel comfortable saying, and that I feel like Tim would probably agree with, uh, he likes to take hard stances on things. So, 
sometimes I'm going to disagree with those. And I, I, don't I know, like, like people who take hard stances because then there's something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, he's a fun person to converse when with, it's, especially. When it's yeah. a stance that's not uh, harming. Oh, yeah, like person. a bigoted Sorry. or anything like that. None of which yeah, Tim is that, anywhere close that to. That could he's be a, construed a as a person. very harmful opinion. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. We're getting on to an hour and a half. We should probably <laughs> yeah, let, let's like, get this shit. thing. Sorry, guys. Uh, so they realize they're going to be dropping some bombs, these blimps. The troops outside realize they're going to be dropping bombs, and uh, they say they need some cover. They earthbend to cover, and the earthbenders need to, like, I mean, Toph is the one we see. They really need to, like, reinforce this shelf they make for themselves because they drop a bunch of bombs here. Um, and they realize they pass them right by. They don't stay over these troops dropping bombs. They're going for the ships. And so this plan evolves. I, th I believe Hakoda is the one who says this is what needs to happen. You kids need to escape. You all need to uh, get on Appa and get out of here. And we will be taken as prisoners, but we will stay alive. And that's, oh, so hard, but it makes sense. And I was talking to my mom recently, who's interested in being on the show. And I'll talk to you uh, about that outside oh. of the podcast. But she's finally watching the show. She's finally uh, through... It, uh, this episode in season three and she when I was talking to her on the phone was a little bit like yeah I mean like of course it's a kids show they're like gonna put the kids in charge now and like they're the ones who need to save everyone and, and it's cool and I just want to say like in my perspective is like no this does not feel to me like them serving like making the kids the main thing because it's a kids show it feels like this makes sense like we're not going to just, you know, relinquish. We need some form of hope. And we're not going to relinquish the kids to go to prison. You know what I mean? And also, well, these kids are about strong it. and powerful and, like, can hold their own. Like, And I would say that the show has been about the kids saving the world from the beginning. Yeah. And now we get adults to help them. Right. So it's not like the baton is being passed. It's just the, the help is the, the helpful, like adults are now thinking rationally like okay we can right. either escape we can have like hakoda and pipsqueak come with you guys maybe yeah right but like if we stay together our chances in the prison are are better, better. and they they put a dot on that sentence yep. with tyro uh, uh haru's father come, yes walking Michael up Richards. and saying oh i have some experience i've dealt with Yes, I've had some experience in Fire Nation prisons. It won't be easy, but we'll get by. Yep. And say he had gone with the kids and didn't get a chance to say that. Right. We, I'm sure they're not going to actually be just one group in one prison cell. You know, like yeah. they're going to need like, like just the voice of reason and like, hey, like you're getting split off with us. Like keep right. your head up, man. Like I don't know. They need each other. Yeah, you know, totally. Uh, and I just really really love the moment of we'll see a pipsqueak goodbye the duke yeah i love yeah. how he is the duke and this is i think the first time we've heard like right. pipsqueak call him the, <laughs> yeah, duke, the duke you know all goodbye the duke all these goodbyes are really well done and moving i was really affected by the mechanist saying goodbye son and his and his son saying yeah. goodbye I'm proud of you, Dad. Like, you remember where they left off at the end of the Northern Air? Like, yep. it was not cool that that the Mechanist was working with these Fire Nation people. He churned his head against his dad in, yeah. like, an Iroh fashion. Right. You know? Oh, but it's, like, 
they have come together and they have worked together to do right and they're uh and they're good with each other but now they've got to they've got to part ways it's it's really hard um i like this final moment with the uh with Sokka and Katara and their dad and Hakoda saying listen we tasted victory today like we did good on our part we did not know what was going to be going on here and that taste of victory has to count for something and he's fucking right absolutely they even if they saw them coming they did not see that coming they killed it yeah you know that put a little fear into the fire nation it had he knows yeah um and then we cut over to ang katara comes up to ang and he is just anger crying you know there's something about that there's something about that i don't know and that's not very eloquent i can't imagine how easy how hard that was to animate yeah and it's so spot on because he doesn't see i saw it and i was like yep you know been there yep yep uh and then we get zach uh tyler Tyler eisen giving a very important moment all of its oh. deserving like talent you know like he just thank you says all just for your bravery thank you all for being so brave and strong i am going to make this up to you Ooh. i believe it and i believe it i believe him absolutely you know? i believe him and they believe him i yep. believe that they believe yep. him you know and they don't look like dejected and terrified as he flies off they They're don't look like, like fuck this kid yeah. he fucked us over no. they look like hopeful. this is what needs to be done our hope is still out there with him as he as yep. they fly off on appa and uh we see this blimp come into frame as they're flying off and azula's on the deck with that same war general guy uh from the drill and from the, oh, the northern yeah. air temple and apparently this is so the last cool. time he shows up but uh i love that they but track that character great. through yeah um and the war general says should we follow them she's like no they're too quick but don't worry they'll be back which is like yeah they're gonna have to come back to yeah. try and like fight the fire lord at some point um and then we get the the group they notice they're not being followed and they're going and they're like we need somewhere safe to go and ang says i think i know a place we're gonna go to the western air temple and it just feels so cool that he says yep. that because you're like oh of course there's another air we've temple seen we haven't the seen southern yet. air temple and the eastern air temple and the northern air temple of course there's a western air temple and the west <laughs> i don't know why it's just like, like it makes me grin when he said yeah. that i was like oh I'm so happy they're going to the last of the air and temples. And then you, you think know? this bittersweet ending of them having to leave the adults behind to become prisoners and taking the kids away. And now they know where they're going. Great. An ending. But a blimp flies up behind them, following them. Frame. And for half a second, you're like, oh, oh shit. shit. And then you see Zuko's face, his hair flapping in the wind in the wind. a determined look oh, as he oh. knows this is going to be difficult but i have to follow him and i need to help him oh and the musical chord that comes out in that moment yep. is hopeful it's not like uh it it's just like it's like beautiful oh yeah almost you it, know it's because yes we haven't even known it and i i can't even really relate at this point to how much like to what I think is good, what I thought was going to happen with Zuko the first time I ever watched this. 
But now we right. know, like, this is it. From moment one, this has been his destiny, and he's finally it's pursuing so, it. It's so good. What it's so satisfying. A moment. Speaking of moments, time for a kid moment of the week. <laughs> kid moment of the week. Kid <laughs> moment. Wipe up your tears and crack your beers, because we're <laughs> laughing over here. <laughs> but don't drink the beer, because we're talking about kid you're stuff. A kid. And you're a kid. Kid moment of the week. Kid moment. <laughs> Yeah, maybe cut that. I only, <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Uh, I only open your ears. Only, there we go. I only, uh, I only wrote down a couple. Uh, you got. I one? wrote down what? one. What do you got? Yep. I to me, the funniest moment is we'll never surrender. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, okay, we'll surrender. Especially because it sounds like a fart noise. Like, come on. Yep. It's the perfect moment of That's levity. That's the kid part. That is funny to a and kid. And like, come on. There's something to the classic, like, I don't know where it started. I feel like it it, it seems like a Bruce Lee thing. Because mm. Bruce Lee was all about just, like, walking up one punch, it's over. Yeah. And, like, I feel like there's a Bruce Lee movie where a guy, like, does a bunch of, like, forms and all these different things. And then Bruce Lee just punches him once and it's over, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. And yeah, that probably. is a classic joke, like a martial arts joke yep. of a guy just being, like, super showy. And, like, doing yeah. all these different things and, like, doing this form and then this form and then this form and doing a backflip. And then Indiana Jones pulls out a gun yeah. and shoots him or whatever, right, you know? Exactly. And, like, or Bruce Lee just punches him once in the face yeah. and it's over. You know, like, I think I've seen that a lot. And the way that they do it in this is just, like... They're not making fun of a guy who knows martial arts. Right. This guy doesn't even know what he's really doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. he just is waving his arms around, you know? Yeah. Which I love because they're not, like, disrespecting, like, you know, this this form of martial arts. And the reason that that's a thing is because all of the martial arts are done by a martial artist yeah. who respects right. martial exactly. arts. So exactly. you can tell that he was in on the joke, you know? Yep. I don't know. It's it's a perfect kid moment. Oh. It's so good. Yeah, man. What a I can't believe we're here in the show. You know, this is really now the final act. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is we're it. there. We're there. And that that doesn't mean every single episode is uh vitally important. Uh, I can think of uh one in particular that I'm very interested to get our discussion on. I'm so excited to talk about which and I'm not even gonna tell you what the episode is. Actually, not, I know uh, you know which one I'm talking about. My mom has talked about being interested in that one. So I don't know. We'll see. Oh, I think that could be fun. Uh but we'll make that decision. I am really there. interested in that. Um yeah. if you're looking for uh other podcasts or other entertainment and stuff, this has been a legendary four production. And uh I just want to pitch and please uh you know, if, if this is where you start skipping ahead, please just just hear me out for a second. Uh, we've got a D&D, an actual play D&D podcast, and I think it's really good. And it's called Legendary Four Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. And I just realized uh, that this is not something that is done in every podcast. Gary has shouted out my music, and thank you very much. He can talk to the quality of that, and he has in other episodes. I just want to say I realized, like... Every single episode of that podcast that we put out, I am writing new original music for. Every single episode, there's something like new musically going on, a new theme or a new uh, iteration of a different theme on something. And I'm or really like proud of it. seven minutes of new music sometimes. Like... And it, I put a lot of work into it and I'm really, really proud of it. And uh, even aside from 
you know, the work Sam puts into planning and the work we all put into recording it and, you know, having a good time, but trying to make it entertaining. Like I'd really appreciate it if you, if you'd check that out, if you're a, a devout listener of this podcast, uh, at least give it a try, you know, you know? Yeah. yeah if you like listening, uh, like if you would be ever interested in an audio book, right? Cause like, I get why a podcast is people's things. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, you're listening to a discussion. It's like you're part of a conversation. If you're into audiobooks, if you like listening to stories, that's kind of more where this goes. It's it's a story. I mean, it's, it's the good. best of both worlds. It's funny. Worlds. It's engaging. There's conversation, I but agree. there's also narrative. As a person who plays it, I also listen to it for enjoyment. Yeah. And that's like, I don't think I don't think there are very many actors who like enjoy watching their movies. <laughs> right, you know, it's, sure. it's it's rare, and it's because it's good. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I hope you check anyway. that out. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, you can, of course, leave us comments on those episodes and all these episodes on legendary4.com. On each individual episode, there's a comment section. You can also reach out to us on social media. That's at New Lens Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I uh, started to mess up a couple of those words, but I think I saved it. So, Fina Sago, thank you so much for our podcast art. Uh, once again and always, um, check out that list of donation links to how you can help out the Black Lives Matter movement. And most of all, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Yeah. Sincerely, Calvin and Gary. That's me signing. (laughs) This has been a new lens.